0: Welcome to episode 17 of Ed's Not Dead. I'm Robbie Dodd. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Mr. C. C. Siddons. Hi. Good to see you, buddy. It's so good to be here. <laughs> wow. it's really, it is. It's, it's a pleasure. It's so weird. It's how, like the first time we're doing this. <laughs> I know. It's like the 100 millionth time it feels like this year. It's been great. It has. And <laughs> and we are at episode 17. That's right. And I have no idea how many episodes we have left. Mr. Krabs. Hey, what's going welcome. on, man? Thank you. How's it going? It's great. It's good. Great, great to be here. We
1: did get some show feedback about okay. episode numbers. We're,
0: oh, we did? We, yeah. Do you want to save that for show feedback? Sure. I'll, sa-
1: I'll save it because I have all the show feedback. <laughs> you pulled it up? <laughs> yeah, I have okay. it. It's I have a, it ready. It's about good time. Good. I, have, I have it ready. All That's right. Good.
0: Twitter handles. You can find me at rwdodd, at Siddons and at petercrabble. We have a big show tonight mm-hmm. along with two interview segments that are coming out <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay i'm not going to get that right mr Crable. yeah you said it wonderfully they are interviews we have we,
1: we took one interview and we split it up into 14 segments <laughs> okay we
0: are truly big time because yes. we have dr carol ann tomlinson from the university of virginia thinker writer on um all things instruction mostly focused on differentiation uh, has done a great interview with Ed's Not Dead. It will be released in two installments this coming week. Mr. Graves, anything you want to say about that? When's it going to drop? Uh, don't know.
2: Whenever we release Whenever it. Whenever we but, want. Yes. But the first section, um... We have themes, right? We have themes, yeah. yeah cool. it's, it, really, it, was a, it was a think piece. That was yours. Yeah. Um, first section will be kind of big ideas about differentiation, um, and then the second piece is a little bit more classroom teacher-focused, um... Implementation stuff like that.
1: Good and a big thanks for Carol Ann Tomlinson to spend her evening with us. Yep. Uh, I think she just wanted me to stop emailing her.
2: <laughs> she
0: basically said
2: that. I would, yeah. I went back in in, um, in the, the email, and I think the first email was was like September or October. I mean, yeah. it was six months ago.
1: She's busy. <laughs> She's yeah. busy. Yeah, yeah, she okay. doesn't have time yeah. for for peons like me.
0: No, but she ended up coming on the show and and. Shout out to you, Mr. Sids, for getting her on. Well, she Your she's persistence,
1: very gracious the whole time. Yeah. She's like, "Well, I, you know, I was away," or uh, you know, yeah. she was very always in contact. So. Yeah.
0: so you, this year in our in our first season of Ed's Not Dead, you booked Carol Ann Tomlinson, uh, Zaretta Hammond, right. and Rick Wormley. Rick Wormley, that is quite the and trite. Curtis Linton. Yep. And Curtis Linton, yep. Wow, Mr. Sids, Dude, we yeah. had a lot of interviews. <laughs> me and Crable, me and Crable <laughs> have done nothing. Can I, I... I booked Troy Body, and I love <laughs> yeah, him. He was, was awesome. He was, he was awesome.
2: so good. Hey, right, man, you're... I plug these microphones into the computer That's right. That's every right. two There's weeks. There's a lot of plugging. <laughs>
0: yeah. And he does the music, which a lot of the audience doesn't like. That <laughs> but, is wrong. One person. I'm kidding. I know. Yeah. That was... Anyway, uh, we, we have a big show tonight, too. We are going to mostly focus on some creative ways to reorganize secondary schools, uh, restructuring them, which is – a reform element of education that Underutilized? Yeah, underutilized and comes into vogue, and then everybody talks about doing it, like the interdisciplinary team movement in middle schools in the 80s and 90s. And and a lot of schools did it, but hardly any schools do it anymore. Mm -hmm. But we're going to find out how you're pioneering some... Reorganization in middle school, Mr. Krebs. Yeah, man.
1: We're gonna solve it all the problems.
0: Yeah, and Mr. Mr. Siddons taught in a semi-departmentalized setting in sixth grade in middle school, that's right. And got some killer student outcomes. Three years. Was it that long? It was. Yeah. Okay. It was awesome. Yeah,
1: it's the best three years of my teaching career so far.
0: That's that's pretty cool. All right, so we're gonna talk about that, but before we do that, we need show feedback. Sing it, Mr. Sittens. Show <laughs> feedback. We show. have show <laughs> feedback for you. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's good. Yeah.
0: Okay, uh before that, do you want to talk about the big uh nope. iMac monitor that's oh, yeah. that's now in the man cave <laughs> and I have no idea how it got here and what its role is? Are we recording on this now?
1: We are. We are. My my MacBook is is on the way out. Anyway, so okay. show feedback. We have one show feedback piece that I want to talk to you about <laughs> and it's about episode numbers. The, it's a close friend of mine, Elisa
0: because those are the only people that still listen to the, That's really, right. listen to the show. So. Okay, well, she ahead. said
1: that she doesn't respond to feedback. She doesn't re- like give us feedback online. Right. But she gave it all to me today, specifically about episode numbers. She's like, I don't understand. Why do you have to end episodes for a season on an odd number? Why can't you stop it on an even number? Like 20. I said, I know. It was an echo chamber. <laughs> yeah. I
2: know. Or 18, but, you know. Anyway. Was, yeah.
1: So, uh, so she loves the show and she spreads the word. Thank you. And uh, anyway, so we got some feedback from Miss Pam Naring. You all know Pam, big wonderful f- educator, big fan. Yep, she's awesome. Uh, she's works in uh, she teaches skillful teacher courses, which is a great course.
0: Expert, expert, expert teacher in the classroom and teacher of adults. Yes, teacher of teachers. Yep.
1: yep. Uh, she said that I'm enjoying your podcast so much that she replaced us. When she was listening to, I don't even know what it is, WMZQ? What is that?
0: That's a country that's station. A country it's been station. around oh, forever. She, re- <laughs> she replaced us with them or replaced them with us. Sorry. She replaced, she replaced
1: them, them with it. us. Yeah. Yes. Good. So she's listening to us now, which we're better.
0: Pam's yeah. from Montana, so I'm not surprised she was listening that's, to WMZQ. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, she said, you're all knowledgeable, well-read, and witty. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. <laughs> she doesn't know us very well, does she? But she
0: gave you a compliment, and I don't she think did. she, she didn't give I'm going to
1: get to my my compliment in a little bit. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm right. quite, quite impressed with your lineup of guests on the show and the great questions you are asking. So we appreciate that feedback, Pam, especially when it talks about me. Um, <laughs> so, episode 16, she said, kudos to me, Casey, for making the connection between teacher pay and the gender pay gap. You yeah. Have, any thoughts yeah. on that? that well,
2: actually. My my dear wife uh, finally <laughs> listened to an episode after ten episodes <laughs> off, um, but she said she actually made a point to say that that was an excellent point by you, Casey, oh, man, to say that yeah, job, looking at the pay gap in education is no coincidence. It's, it's also field predominant or uh, uh, dominantly uh, led by women. Yeah, well, having and I never wife has never crossed
1: my mind to give me praise. High praise. Yeah, you get praise all the time. I'm a middle child. Yeah. <laughs> but that's good. From Pam and your wife, I'm set. Tell me more that's about awesome.
0: myself. Yeah. Well, this is a three-dude show, and uh, you do tend to make make more points like that than me and Mr. Craig will do. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a little more perceptive that way. I'm, I'm the,
1: the emotional one. Yeah, okay, yeah. You, you are. Um, you are. Teach, she uh, also said, teachers do not become educators for the money. On the other hand, they haven't taken on the vow of poverty. Exactly. Also true. true. Uh, She said, if education doesn't work out for the three of you, I'm sure Carol Ann Tomlinson will invite you to go on the road with her to sing her theme song.
0: Oh, (laughs) that was very timely, too. What's the Carol Ann Tomlinson theme song? I have no idea. Let's go back and listen to it. We need to find that out.
2: It's ridiculous, whatever it is. I want to know. Uh, speaking of going on the road, Robbie, do you want to break some
0: news? Beep, boop, beep, boop, Absolutely. Boop. Thanks thanks to Pam for the show feedback. We are going on tour. Yeah. Yeah. We are going East to, Coast. Mid Atlantic. We're officially leaving the Dodd Man Cave, <laughs> which we've never been out of before. Oh,
2: for good reason. And
0: <laughs> on April 21st, we are going to be at James Hubert Blake High School in the Montgomery County Public Schools. Uh, We will be interviewing guests and a part of the agenda at the Maryland PTA Diversity Conference. Friend of the show and social justice leader, Francis Frost, has asked Ed's Not Dead to attend and to be a part of the conference. It's an important event in the PTA calendar for the school year. Yeah. Uh, Just for the, the whole state of Maryland. Yep, yep, for the whole state of Maryland. It's yep. Crazy. Yep, and we are going to be there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're going to be interviewing all kinds of uh, luminaries and big thinkers about diversity and how to improve public education. Um, the Diversity Conference mostly focuses on uh, the commitment to make PTAs more inclusive and representative of the diversity that we have in our nation and our schools. So we will be at James Hubert Blake on the 21st interviewing people. We have no idea what the setup will be. And we're, we're winging it. Yeah. We're winging it's it. going to be winging we're it. Gonna yeah, be a, gonna be we're going to be in a, we're going to be in a classroom good. at a table with a bunch of mics, right? And I'm trying to get us in the
2: cafeteria,
1: yeah, and we're, oh, we're gonna be we're gonna be
0: like the takeout, yeah,
1: like Major Garrett.
2: We're just gonna start grabbing people
0: and be like, come here, ask a question. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like Radio Roads, Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, right. that's what we're doing. Yeah, we already know that we have Delegate Morales, right? That's right. On yep. on the show, she's yep. gonna we're gonna be interviewing. We got to catch her, her early, Maryland. Maryland State Delegate. Yeah. that's right, okay, Maryland State Delegate. Okay, so that's coming up. The Maryland PTA Diversity Conference, Ed's Not Dead, will be there. Yeah. All right. Other uh, announcements for the good of or the order for Ed's Not Dead. Negative. No, nope. Um, any Anything on Twitter about us lately? Have you started any Twitter wars or anything, Mr. Sids? No, nope, I've been pretty tame. Yeah,
2: he's, been, okay. he's uh, been a low profile. Yeah, like this past week I was like, all right, that's cool. I mean, Casey yeah. doesn't want to do his
0: job, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you got one job. I know, he's got a- <laughs> You have one job. Social, social media job. <laughs> all right, let's get into restructuring secondary schools. So yeah. we thought tonight we'd just have a conversation about this and not get all wonky with a too much research.
1: Well, let's can
0: when we start
1: actually with um, I love what, it when,
0: I love it when I start to do a lead in and then I know I, get I know, I right know. Away. it's fine. I'm good with it. Go ahead. Go ahead. No,
1: you can start your lead in. Sorry.
0: Well, when we say restructuring secondary schools and elementary schools are set up in specific ways. Elementary schools uh, over many, many decades have largely been self-contained classroom environments where kids receive instruction f- in multiple subjects from one teacher. That's painting with a broad brush, but that's usually how the elementary Generation, environment yeah. works, right? We all went through an elementary school like that pretty much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then in education, what we experience, we tend to perpetuate with with the kids that are in the future. Um Secondary school is very different, right, Mr. Siddons? That's right. Uh, departmentalization becomes king, as does content. Departmentalization is a way to structure the school to deliver specialized content, and teachers become specialists in content. Mr. Siddons, you were a social studies teacher. That's right. Um, the best subject. Mr. Crable, you taught... Lots of different stuff. That's right. Astronomy. Astronomy, astronomy yeah. wrote astronomy curriculum. Taught yeah. his own astronomy class. Yeah. So, um, secondary. The secondary environment does not change much. You have seven period days or block schedules, and kids receive instruction from specialized teachers. We wanted to talk tonight about how we could blow that up, blow up the organizational structure, to group kids and group teachers differently. Yeah.
1: What kind of structures happened in the past that were not successful? What are some examples? The open school would be one, right? Yeah. That was a movement. Yep. What other ones?
0: Um, I would say that interdisciplinary teams at the middle school level, even at the junior high school level, um, were somewhat of a fad. They caught on across the country, uh, but then times... They require
1: a lot of upkeep, those. Times changed.
0: Well, and they're, they're... they run completely counter, really, to the norms of secondary education, which is content is king, right? Uh, versus versus kids are king, and I don't say that in an insulting way, but teachers really identify themselves as teachers of content.
1: Yeah, they go for go to school for bachelor in biology,
2: right? You need a specialty to right. teach yep. whatever you teach. You don't
0: yep. need to be an educator; you need a specialty to teach, yep. right? Yeah, and and. Um If you ever read any of Larry Cuban's work, he'll say that in the mid twentieth century, the high school was kind of the crown jewel of American public education, and high school teachers are specialized high school teachers at one time made more money than elementary school teachers high school so, teachers absolutely yeah mm. um so uh high school principals made more money than elementary school principals still do, yeah um in most places so um, that kind of that kind of specialized mentality is a very secondary thing. Mm. And I think part
2: to be honest, part of it is probably true. I mean, when you think about an AP physics course, yeah. you Calculus. think about Oh yeah, yeah, some of those like they they are very specialized courses and classes that need a very specialized um, knowledge base. So I just wonder if it all trickled down from there. But I mean, for me personally, as someone who happened to have taught a lot of different subjects um you know in in the sort of like six to nine range you know i always felt like you would just pick it up you could learn it you know more than than a 12 year old or 13 year old right Right. so learn it and then teach it to them and it just it never seemed really necessary to me i guess to um yeah to have to know so much like about any particular subject. Right. right. You know, I taught seventh-grade social studies, and one of the units was on, like, medieval ancient Africa. You think right. that was, like, every unit that I took in college? Right. No. So no. I learned about it, and then I taught it. And right. Se-
0: and and seventh-grade social studies, you taught five classes to roughly 150 kids. Correct. Uh, is that is that the ide- ideal way to group kids in 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 education so that you get to know what their needs are and who they are?
1: It's efficient it's efficient
0: right it's very it's, a, it's an efficient delivery system yeah keeps uh, your costs down right outcomes does it produce good outcomes do 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 kids like it do teachers teachers think they like it teachers think i think teachers yeah, yeah. like because it. that's
1: what they're doing right it's what they know
2: and so not to spill the beans but in our interview spill with, the beans. with Carol Ann tomlinson i mean she talks about at some point we switched from teaching kids to teaching content and that became the focus so I think that bears out in terms of a lot of, you know, and again, you know, we're doing a lot of, we're going to do a lot of broad brushes here, um, but... That's my job. I, I know. Um oh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, that at some point we became specialists in content. <laughs> I like to slug out his <in> <laughs> And not in people. Um, but additionally, Robbie, to your point, in terms of like what does it accomplish in terms of outcome, the way I I look at it, and this could be totally wrong, but how we have things set up now it has a ceiling and i'm just making up arbitrary numbers but if 100 is like perfection then our ceiling now is like 80 you know and in a perfect environment with a really excellent teacher and kind of like everything hitting right on right. every day right. like we can hit an 80 yep. and that's really good yeah you know but in my mind taking a look at some of these structures and you know we can get into what project success is and the project re- seven, project seven, the, the reforming of how schools are structured, you know, I think you get a higher ceiling. Yeah. you can get up towards 100, you can get up towards yeah. much better student outcomes literally it, it, for everyone It is
0: a marginal tweak that could have a huge impact.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah,
0: and so let's just
2: talk about it. I mean, Casey, do you want to give the overview since you taught it of Project Success, of kind of what, what it looked like just in 30 he's, seconds he's, or less? He's
0: making all kinds of faces. Well, I think it,
1: focus, it, it it's focuses on... It's one of the most on...
0: innovative programs ever created. That's right. Come That's on, right. plug it, Sidness. Right. Let's go.
1: You should write a doctorate on it. I know. A doctorate. Um, you should write a dissertation on it. I'm going to write my doctorate. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's,
0: it's okay, getting go. late.
1: It's getting late. Um, no, I th- it, it comes down to when it was offered to me, What initial it? idea, Project Success, it's interdisciplinary learning environment mm-hmm. where teachers teach one group of kids every day. Same group where they have, they teach them four subjects social studies, English, science, and digital literacy in our situation. Um, But when it was proposed to me, I was at a point where I keenly understood that the current model of, you know, the departmentalization was not working. So I wanted to do something different. And I don't think I realized what I was getting into when it was proposed. It was hard. It was very it was yeah. I I distinctly remember very, very just a very troublesome first couple of weeks just because it was just so much to wrap your mind around. But we were developing a curriculum from scratch. How much anxiety did you have in the early days? It was uh I don't get like anxious, but that was a point where I was like oh, this might be in Close to a breakdown.
2: Did it make your hair fall out?
1: No, that was before <laughs> that. That was before that. No, but... And I also had uh, staff development teacher, Kelly Phillips, who was yep. very in, uh, instrumental in just kind of being supportive and... Genius. Very, just in terms of like having an answer for, well, I don't even know where to start yep. with this. When we're, when you're developing a curriculum, which I had never had any sense of how to do it. And then I had a great coworker and Ginger Berry, who is also on Twitter. And uh, she... Kind of helped me figure out, like, no, it's going to be fine. Yeah. You don't have to be so uptight about everything, which I am. But it helped me kind of take a step back and and focus on the kids and not the content that we had to learn as teachers.
0: And it was born out of a discussion um, that Kelly and I had where we were lamenting really one thing going back to Carol Ann Tomlinson that we didn't see differentiation in the secondary classroom. And the reason why we, we didn't think we were seeing it was because the teachers had too many kids and they didn't have enough time with those kids. And so the, the change of structure of project success, the teacher had one intact group of kids, uh, for half of every school day. Right. And, um, it, it forced you closer to the kids as a teacher, right? Yep. And it also gave you a tremendous amount of autonomy to wrestle with the curriculum and differentiating in that long block of time, which elementary teachers do every day. Yeah. And secondary yeah. teachers don't because of this 47-minute structure that is like a factory, for lack of a better yeah. term.
1: And and you have, as a teacher, you have to make the decision, in that sense, the traditional sense that you have to make a decision to focus not I, I don't think it's an either or but for a lot of teachers it is do I focus on content and the curriculum or am I going to focus on relationships mm-hmm. and they might do the, a little bit of the dabbling in the relationships in the beginning of the school year with icebreakers and whatever let's do a glyph let's do <laughs> let's <laughs> get to know each other summer. Let's. yeah what did you do this summer uh and it's very surface level and then they don't do it again Right and or by and large, they don't do it again. It's not their fault necessarily, but they have. You're, there's all these pressures coming about. You have to finish by this date, and yeah. you have to get through a certain amount of content, and you right. have to teach Africa in you know nine weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for us, and I'm so glad that no one really walked in while I was trying to teach physics, introductory physics to sixth graders, because that was <laughs> I had total
0: faith in you as a principal. <laughs> yeah. I thank
1: God no one ever walked in because there were some days where I was like I. I need to read up on this again because <laughs> let me call my brother and he couldn't explain it to me either. The so. kids probably helped you out sometimes. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. They asked me a question. I'd be like, so what do you think? What do you think the answer is? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they moved the physics unit to uh, eighth grade after that year. So then we started working with stuff that was more environmental science and things that I found to be much more interesting as a person. And it really took off that second and third year for me because I just felt more comfortable and, and I knew how powerful, in spite of the challenges, how powerful it was because the kids were just treating each other differently and me differently not obviously they, it wasn't we it had was our a troubles it was a
0: social network it was it a social was, network they, a social they treat network. each other
1: right. so much different than I had ever and experienced that, in the previous and five what, or six years of teaching and that's grade. what the research on Project yeah.
0: Success shows that that uh, kids by the end of sixth grade in Project Success value their peers, interacting with their peers significantly more than kids that are in departmentalized settings because most often, and you have a seven-period day where you work, right, Mr. Krebs? Yes. Um, the kids are likelier to experience disparate peer groups in, in every class. Yeah. So yeah. talk to us about – You've implemented Project Success, and now you're experimenting in grade seven and eight. Project seven with doing some interdisciplinary teaming.
2: Yes. So we obviously um, took the idea of Project Success and ran with it, and it worked tremendously um, last year and this year, and and we're expanding it next year. So we said, all right, what are the lessons that we can take from sixth grade and start implementing it in seventh grade? Because why? We have a great thing. Why just let it linger in one grade? Um, so we developed Project 7, and um, originally it was as it was conceived, it was math and science uh, would be taught together, and English and social studies would be taught together. So um, we found someone to teach uh, math and science, and this teacher has two cohorts of kids for two classes each. So he has one cohort of kids for math and science and another cohort of kids for math and science as well. And what we did was we had a pot of kids who would be taking algebra in seventh grade. And we had another pot of kids who, on the track that they were on for math, would not be taking algebra in seventh grade. We took half from the algebra track. We took half from the non-algebra track. And we smashed them together. And we put them all in algebra. So on paper, you technically have half the kids in any given class are, quote, not ready for algebra. Right. Right because they didn't take the the prerequisite the, right. pr- the previous year's course. Right. Um, it doesn't matter. <laughs> really. So, oh uh, yeah. So <laughs> we've had um, just tremendous success with these students in terms of all of them getting the content, doing well. I mean, pick a measure, pick a, a map M, pick a, a progress check, pick a comment, tab, whatever, whatever your system is, kids are doing great. And it's all those things that you said before. It's, the kids when they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing it's not the teacher being like oh they check each other they check each other yep. doing this doing that um, they help each other hey man you have a you have a you have its d right now you yeah. have a c right now yeah. you need to do the work that you need to do right um
0: you they're, know they're more willing to take risks because they know yes. their classmates yes. they're not going to they be they're not going to be ridiculed can, right
2: and you can say okay. something like that to someone and in middle school where being called out being made to stand out is the worst thing in the history of mankind. <laughs> right. Because you know, part of it is because you're floating around and then this this stain attaches to you of yeah. you know, we're in this vine era of like you got served or whatever, right. right? Right. But when you see the same people again and then again and again and then again and again, just multiplied out, um, for whatever reason that that stigma goes away. So, you know, that's worked really well. Um, we're expanding that to another um another teacher next year and then we're we're gonna try the the English social studies cohort as well. And what I really want to emphasize in this too is that it's not cuz part of it is oh all the interdisciplinary connections that the teacher can make. Look, part of it part of it is definitely that. But I don't want to oversell the the importance of the interdisciplinary curriculum right as put together by the teacher cuz I think that's part of it but I think the social dynamics and interactions are actually the larger yes the larger factor at play that breeds success. And if you
1: if you what do kids want when they hit at any age, but especially at middle school? They're looking to connect to with themselves. They're looking to connect with others. They're looking to connect with their parents, their outside world, um, and and project success allows kids to do that. It provides a facility for them to do it because they're spending so much time with each other, and you're they're forced as a teacher, you're forced to find ways to resolve conflict. You're trying to you're you're kind of like a family and you have to troubleshoot right. things as right. you go. We had rough spots, but we were able to figure them out in a way that didn't end with a bell, an arbitrary bell um at the end of a 88-minute period. And I wanted to bring up one other thing. The um there was a research research that just came out. It's it's not very surprising, but it said that it takes about 200 hours to form a best friend. Yeah. And I mean that it obviously makes sense. you need to spend more time with someone, but when you spend so much time with someone in a in a structured classroom or a structured environment in a learning environment that's safe, right, all the brain research that you can you can learn about will tell you that if you're safe and you feel that you have connections with someone else, you're gonna learn more and you're gonna do better
0: and There's significant research out there that that shows that after the structural school transition from grade five to grade six from elementary to middle school kids have less quality friendships
1: because they're in different classes and they're starting to get tracked. Right. Right. And, and, and the relationships aren't being fostered.
0: All right. So speaking of that last question, one of the things that came out of the research on project success was a stark difference between project success and departmental departmentalization was that project success kids perceive their teachers to be much less performance-oriented, mm-hmm. that they perceive their teachers to be much more equitable and less concerned with grading and less focused or um, uh, treating the smart kids, quote-unquote smart kids, better than kids that struggle. In, in both of your experience, teaching in it, implementing it, why would there be this difference – in approaches to grading,
2: okay, <laughs> and I I think it's it's again
0: because this is a teacher thing,
2: right? It's no, but I would say it's like it's a stru- it's still a structure thing for me though because what do teachers have in when you have one hundred and fifty kids, one hundred and thirty kids? What do you you know? What do you have to connect with kids? Right. How are you? Ta- what are you talking to them about? Right. How you know? How are your conversations? Talking dreams? to them about grades. Yeah, you're talking about <laughs> yeah, grades. Yeah. You're talking about this assignment.
0: Yeah, you
2: yeah. know you got to do it. You yeah. got to do it. And homework tonight. Got, yeah, you got to do, do homework tomorrow. tonight. First
0: thing we're going to check.
2: You know, and yeah. five kids in this class, five kids in that class, three kids in that class. It's you know the economies of scale on it is. Ooh, Mr. Crabs. All of a sudden, you know, everything that is, happens in one class is multiplied times however many classes you teach. Right. And, you know, that was one of the points I was going to make about Project Success before is, like, I thought I was a pretty good teacher, but I can't sit here and honestly tell you that in every one of my classes, every kid was, like, engaged and that, like, mm-hmm. you know, was totally there and interested. Mm-hmm. And let's say it was two kids here, three kids there, mm-hmm. you know, multiplied out times a school, that's a lot of kids. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I would like to say that the Go, the, the, the structure itself – where you're planning with someone and you have a lot of freedom. Mm-hmm. I The standard-based grading stuff that came out of Project Success came up because Ginger Berry was like, let's try this, this is cool. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, that wasn't how it was designed. Mm-hmm. It was more of like, oh, this, this is what I've, we've been reading about, let's try it out. Mm-hmm. And we started putting it into English and putting it into social studies. And how can we, she, she actually went through the indicators for the curriculum that we use and she turned them into statements. For standard-based grading purposes, she turned them every single one and had a, and a comprehensive list, and that's what we pulled from. and And it turned into kids talking about not the assignment but about the skill. I had kid come up to me and
0: demonstrating mastery of it.
1: it, and I had versus, uh, for a, the first versus time ever, a grade. Yeah, and he said, "I need to work on my claim writing because we had done a bunch of <laughs> claims and evidence." <laughs> like, I what? was like, "Wait, what? <laughs> I need to work on my claims because look at my grades on my claims." I was like. Oh, yeah, that's what's supposed to happen. All <laughs> right, let's nice. do it. And, let me,
2: and along the same lines, one last thing before we go to break here is success breeds success. yep. and to get anybody to try it and, and wherever you do, it it takes a leap of faith because what? what are you what are you trying to sell you me just, here? you yep. haven't
0: even read my dissertation yet, and that's 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 my closing <laughs> the leap of faith.
2: So it requires a leap of faith. And so kudos to you know all the teachers that I've worked with that have done it. For one, doing it, but then one little, I don't know, pebble, or I don't know what analogy I'm trying to use here. Once they start going, whoa, yeah. and then they talk about it to their colleagues. It's a movement. People go, yeah. what do you mean? Yeah. And not one of them has said, yeah, man, it's easy. Yeah. They say, no, it it's actually hard. Yeah. But it's more satisfying. I get better results. I'm more challenged,
0: but I'm more satisfied. Right. It, yeah, it's like the kid in the, the hard teacher's class that that the teacher has really good relationships with them and they say, it's yeah, that's a really hard teacher, but I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that has been the experience. In Project Success, we've had English teachers, uh, one of the pioneers of Project Success, Ginger Berry, was a math teacher. And then she betrayed us and became a math teacher again. <laughs> Just kidding. We love you, Miss Berry. Um, but anyway, so we're going to revisit restructuring uh on our next restructuring topic i'd like to jump up to ninth grade and talk about Ooh, yeah. what what restructuring Ooh. at the high school level looks like let's do it are you down with that yeah let's do it all right folks don't go away when we come back mr Siddons has one of his dreaded quiz shows <laughs> thank you Welcome back to Ed's Not Dead. What's up, boys? Hey,
1: Ed is not dead.
0: Alright, this is the final segment of the show. What you've all been waiting for. A classic CH Sitten's Quiz Show. Here the quiz get- show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, come on, man. What do you got tonight? And I and by the way, I usually Crable you- has a Crable has a probably has a 20-point IQ. Because you lose uh, attention. Within, no, like, I, no, I no, but I usually, usually win. I get lucky. So come on. I There's do not no loo- multiple choice. In I do this not one. lose attention coming from the person who never has the show. Wait, what are we about. talking about? <laughs> okay, go ahead.
1: Okay, uh, the first. All right. So, what was the first public school opened in the United States? It opened in 1635.
2: Like, what was the name of it, or where you was can, it? Uh,
1: I'll accept either Massachusetts. Okay, you said Massachusetts, and anything else? Um, It was called the Common School. Okay. (laughs) Roanoke, Virginia. (laughs) Wow. That's that's a good one. Darn. Uh, Actually, it was called the Boston Latin School. Oh, yeah. It's
0: a Boston.
1: It is actually, it remains the nation's
0: oldest public school. And there's Boston English, too, I believe. Yes.
1: Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, All right. So, next one is a little more challenging. One zero. Uh, Early public schools in the United States did not focus on academics like math or reading what were three of the major things that they focused on? It, choose, get, choose like one or two, if you like.
0: Surveying. Surveying. <laughs> uh, um, astronomy. Okay. Um And f- farming. Okay. I would say law. Oh, that's a good one, too. Damn, I'm jealous uh, yeah,
2: I was that. Like, uh, you said no math, but I'm still going to go with like... Shopkeeping or accounting or something like that. Oh. Businessman. And uh, something to do with trade, like shipping. I'm feeling nervous. Oh, man. Uh,
1: you got it really specific. Um, <laughs> they taught the virtues of family. Religion and community. Okay, we didn't get any of that. was I tried
2: to throw you a bone. We went uh, we went straight for those those are good
0: ones too. Yeah,
2: yeah. Those are like
1: values. That's right. 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 We need to get back to value schooling. We value based education. Value and and geography. And geography. Prayer in school. And and spelling.
0: You know Um, do you know that my ninety year old dad, when he taught in the fifties, there was still prayer in school. I believe it. Yep. It was just a it was just a thing, just what it was. Just what when it under was.
1: God was not in the Pledge of Allegiance.
0: Yeah. All right. Okay. What do you all got?
1: Right. Question number three. Number three, and probably uh, the last one.
0: What's the score? Uh, You're one zippy. One, one zippy. zero.
1: Yes. Okay. So by 1900, 31 states had compulsory school attendance for students from age ages eight to 14. Mm-hmm. By what year were all states required? Did they require students to attend elementary school? or to complete elementary.
0: What school. year was that that 30
1: 1931 states okay. had compulsory some sort of compulsory education. By what year? By what year?
2: 1948. 1948.
0: I'm going to say 1968. Oh, oh man, 1918. Oh geez. For elementary school. I oh, miss Crabble's class.
2: I'm thinking about all those like depression era kids running around. They weren't in school.
0: I was th- I was thinking about the South. You still yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'll <laughs> leave it at that. Did, didn't I insult Louisiana? Uh, yeah, yeah earlier, we already earlier, cut out several states. Season one. Woo. Okay, all right, go ahead. That's it. Okay, that, <laughs> that's that, it. I said I had do. That, that ended. You spent literally 10 minutes trying to queue up that. I did, that I did. It took show. a while. All right, well, once again, um, I guess it was a tie because you were closer on that. So it was 1 1. Thanks for throwing me a bone. All right, boys. What do you have going on in your educational careers right now? Before we sign off, anything big other than our going on tour, a to road show, to yeah. the PTA Maryland yeah. PTA Diversity Conference. Uh, I applied for
1: um, New York City Chancellorship. <laughs> Good. Okay. And um, Did you
0: get an interview. Or
2: can you? Can I didn't you even know they, that was vacant. Is they, that vacant?
1: Well, no. Um, D.C. is. Yeah, I, D.C.
0: is. They didn't call me back. Okay. All right, Mr. Graves.
2: No, I'm mostly just looking forward to. Um, like the weather being good and then going outside to be classes and be oh, like no. hey what are you guys doing out here let me observe you just to get like five minutes of sun shoot <laughs> some
0: baskets yeah, yeah just for like five minutes yeah, it's good. Yeah. all right all right well folks thanks for joining us for episode 17 of ed's not dead uh, do not miss our special two-part interview coming up with carol ann tomlinson You can find it on Twitter, Mr. Siddons and myself and Mr. Craves. We will be tweeting about it this week. Uh, You can find me at R.W. Dodd, Mr. Crable at Peter Crable, and at Mr. Siddons at C.H. Siddons. Spread the word about Ed's Not Dead. Thanks for tuning in, and we will catch you next time. Say bye, boys. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.